Welcome to the Supervisory Development Course Podcast from the University of Minnesota. This podcast discusses the challenges of carrying on mission-critical work in difficult circumstances. We discuss the key skills and frameworks you can use to successfully navigate the uncertainty in the short and long term. Please visit supervising.umn.edu and explore the module on driving results through others, which includes relevant resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our webinar today on carrying on mission-critical work in difficult times. I'm Emily Tichich, and I'll be the facilitator of the content today. I'll be joined by Brandon Sullivan, the Senior Director of Leadership and Talent Development, who will help answer some questions about how to keep your work moving forward in difficult times. We'll visit with him at the beginning of the webinar and then again at the end of the webinar. So before we dive into the content today, Brandon, I'd like to invite you to weigh in here about how this topic of, um, you know, carrying on mission critical work in difficult, in difficult times, how this all fits into the context of what's happening right now and what we're hearing from supervisors now about the types of challenges they're facing in the current circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, I mean, obviously we've all had to make sometimes major, sometimes more minor adjustments to our work environment. And this creates a lot of challenges. I think the list is probably infinite. Um, but however, we recently su surveyed supervisors and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of what they told us, you know, what is it that they're dealing with right now and, and you know, kind of what's the, what's the pulse out there with our supervisors? Yeah, so it was a couple of weeks ago that we did a survey of um, a few hundred supervisors at the university. Uh, and we also have um, over 100 in the supervisor development uh, course that we're doing right now. And then we, you know, do a lot of consulting. So we're hearing very similar themes. Um, and, you know, part of it is, you know, people are, are adjusting to working remotely. It seems like that's, uh, that part has gone fairly well for many supervisors is figuring out how to go from in-person meetings to using things like Zoom for meetings. Um, we are hearing, though, that there are a lot of you know, challenges, particularly around um, balancing home and work. So you know, a lot of people have kids at home um, who are you know, little kids or kids who are school age and are taking uh, classes remotely, and that that's really challenging for a lot of people to, to balance that with a full workload. And then for supervisors, how you manage that across your team and how you get work done and uh, how to be flexible, um, but also how to kind of maintain expectations for uh, for work. So there's a lot of people that are really trying to figure that out. That's a big theme that we hear is the balancing home and work, and, and particularly childcare. Um, although some people have um, you know older parents that they're taking care of, for example. So it's not always just kids. Um, it's kind of this homework thing. Um, we're also hearing uh, a lot of people experiencing Zoom fatigue, um, and that's something I see more and more articles about that, uh, you know, on, on like CNN and uh, my LinkedIn feed and that kind of thing. And I think people are discovering that Zoom is really helpful and you can be really productive, but for some, you know, different reasons, it, it can be kind of exhausting. So, you know, sort of how you set some boundaries around that you need to get work done remotely now, you know, but sometimes Zoom can be a little bit much. So people are trying to figure out that kind of balance of Zoom meetings versus time to, to get things done. Um, a, a lot of supervisors yeah. are also trying to figure out how to kind of keep track of changing priorities for the team. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been a, a big shift, a very sudden shift as we moved from, you know, many teams from in-person to completely virtual. 
Um, how do we keep track of those priorities as they're changing? Um, and then related to that, how do, how do we manage our, our workload and deadlines? So things like time management and prioritizing and planning, which is much more complicated right now. And people are trying to figure out what works and what some good practices are for that. Um, so those are some of the things that we're hearing. Um, we heard loud and clear through the survey that we did. And we also see that in a lot of supervisors that we've been consulting with. Great, thanks. And I'm wondering too, was there anything that came out of the survey that surprised you um, in terms of maybe things that we thought were not going really well, but actually were going better than we expected? I think, you know, one of the things, and this, this certainly doesn't apply to everybody, but in general, people and, you know, supervisors and teams adjusted fairly quickly mm. to working remotely in terms of the technology piece, in terms of getting up and running with Zoom, getting up and running with, you know, Google Docs or, or whatever technology you're using, that, uh, that actually happened very quickly. I know a lot of people who had never used some of these tools before, and yeah, there was maybe a week or so of quickly doing some training and, and figuring it out and struggling a little bit for a few days, but that I think has gone really well. Um, on the flip side, I think the, the challenges around home and work have been, I think, a lot, um, a lot more difficult to solve uh, than people maybe initially thought at the beginning of this, just because it's, you know, it's one thing to, to, to sort of figure that out for a few days. It's something very different as, as you know, everybody is finding out now to do that for weeks or, or potentially longer. So what's a long-term solution? I think that's been, been tougher. And for supervisors, you know, how do you give your team members what they need in terms of flexibility and address the very different needs different people on the team have? Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I think it's you know it's really important, obviously, to focus on the resiliency that we've seen out there and that our that our supervisors reflected in the survey, but also really thinking about yeah, there's no easy way to kind of keep driving results or carrying on the work in times like this. There's no you know magic bullet for it. It's really just about you know kind of figuring it out um, as we go, but also keeping you know keeping um, keeping focus on you know what we know works, and so that's what we'll be that's what we'll be focusing on today. So. Thank you, Brandon, so much for that insight. And um, I'll invite you towards the end of the webinar too to kind of to come back and kind of reflect on some of the other things that you've seen in your role and how that can how that can inform our audience as well. So before we begin to dive more specifically into our content, we want to give you a little context as to why driving results is important right now. Yes, COVID-19 has resulted in a lot of uncertainty. And while the context of our work is different now with many people working remotely or maybe working extra hours or fewer hours, maybe some projects are being put on hold. The principles of driving and achieving results through your team remain the same. We encourage you to think about planning in the short term and also the long term, knowing that, yeah, you might have to revisit this planning stage as circumstances change and you would need to adjust more often than usual. As we go through this content, think about what you can control and influence and try to minimize thinking about what you have no control over. And you can see the image on your screen right now, which will help you visualize what this looks like. This webinar will help you learn how to keep calm and carry on with the important work that you supervise. Like I mentioned earlier, it's more important than ever for supervisors to understand their most critical contributions to the university and how to keep the work moving forward in uncertain times. Today, we'll first talk about what you can do to orient yourself to the results your team needs to achieve. Second, we'll talk about what you need to consider to achieve those results. Finally, we'll talk about how to manage the execution of your plan through your team. 
we'll begin by talking about orienting to results. So what do we mean when we talk about orienting to, to results? Orienting to the results means letting the most important, impactful contributions of your team, department, and unit's work drive the action of the work you supervise. So we're thinking about what's important and what's impactful. It's an opportunity to clarify the purpose of your team and how you contribute to the university. The opposite of this would be letting your comfort or status quo drive the work that your team does. The key difference here is an intentional approach to identifying what matters most in what you do and letting that guide the work that you supervise. So we'll go over the best practices for orienting to results, but as we do, of course I want you to keep in mind what might be different now given how your work has changed over the past few weeks. If you only remember one thing from today's webinar, I hope you take away the idea that orienting to results is something you can do anytime in your work. I like to think of this as a way to turn down the noise you find yourself in in your supervising role, and then just committing to the impact and contribution of your work. In other words, there's no doubt that a challenge you face as a supervisor is dealing with all of the important questions, funding, dealing with ambiguity, staffing, policies, and we want to remind you today that the most important question to remember to ask yourself is, what are you and your team or department trying to accomplish or contribute? So first of all, why is it important to orient yourself to results? When done right, a clear understanding of your team's most important contributions to the university will allow you to innovate and challenge the way you've always done things in your team and align the work with strategic priorities of your team, department, and unit and engage and develop your team through more impactful and challenging work. In the past few weeks, there's been a lot of disruption to the normal ways we operate, as I'm sure you're all experiencing. The pandemic comes with many challenges in your personal and professional lives, but it also presents you with an opportunity, uh, whether you like it or not, to rethink the way you've been operating and how you might need to adjust to make that work that you can control better. So we know why orienting to results is important for the work we do. Let's talk about how you do it. You can think about orienting to results in four steps. First, define and clarify the purpose of your team. Second, Turn the purpose into challenging goals. Third, I like this one, you can pause to challenge the status quo and question your assumptions. Finally, you finish by orienting to the results you've identified and set the tone for your employees. So we're going to go through these one by one. And I also want to mention that we have an orienting to results worksheet that will take you through all the key steps and considerations that I'm going to go through shortly. So defining your team's purpose means reflecting on the work that your team does. So some questions you might ask yourself are, what is your team trying to accomplish for the university? Uh, what part of your team's work requires more attention? What part of the work can be done, you know, well enough, not perfect, but well enough? And what part of your work provides the most benefit for the university? So reflecting on these questions with your manager and colleagues can help you to hone in on your team's purpose. At a time like this where many of us are facing disruption or ambiguity, these questions can help recenter us and our work. Obviously, we're all in different levels of discovering our work purpose right now, and yes, that's okay, of course. There's a lot of uncertainty, and though we can't change that for you, we really encourage you to think about these questions over time. In other words, given all the changes to your work recently, what's the most important thing that your team is trying to accomplish for the university right now? What about the long term? 
For example, an academic department's purpose is probably to ensure quality education for its students. That purpose remains no matter what, but it might look a little different over time. Right now, it might look like helping its faculty adjust to alternative instruction. In the longer term, it could be preparing to build quality online courses from the ground up for future semesters. So try to think about your purpose over time. Things are uncertain right now, we know, but yes, the university still needs you to focus in on that purpose. So given the purpose you've identified, what does success look like when that purpose is achieved? What's different about the work you do? What's better? Setting challenging goals for the work you supervise is critical in planning how to achieve those results. We have a quick guide to goal setting which outlines the concrete steps you can take to turn your team's purpose into challenging goals. Again, as we're going through this orienting to results process and setting goals, think about those goals over time. What does success look like now? What would it look like in the longer term? I also want to stress the importance of staying nimble around your goals. So while giving thought to what these goals will look like over time, yes, it's a critical step in achieving them. It's also important that you remain open to checking in on the goals and adapting to any broader changes like we've talked about so far. So always be sure to check in with yourself, check in with your manager about where these results are changing in the broader context of the university and your work. So a really important part of letting the results drive the work you supervise is challenging the status quo. Oftentimes people experience difficulty in thinking about how to change what's always been done. It can require a lot of time, energy, and intention. And honestly, in the face of that, it's just easier to keep on with the status quo. Right. Also, at a time of uncertainty uncertainty like we're facing now, challenging the status quo might seem like something that has been thrusted upon you, or it might seem like something that you just don't have capacity for, since handling the status quo seems hard enough. I think a lot of us are in that boat. Yeah, it makes sense. We want to remind you that as you think about your team's impact, there may be small steps you can take to identify ways to break out of the status quo in order to focus on your impact or contributions. And you know us, we love those steps. So always thinking about how we can break it down into smaller steps in order to focus on impact or contributions. So whether you're trying to raise the bar or trying to get back to normal operations, remember to challenge your thinking and current processes to see what can be improved. So let's look at a few ways to think about how to challenge the status quo. We have a few ideas for you. So first, a concrete way to do this is to assess how you spend your time. We know there are many of you right now who have found yourselves with much more work than you typically have, and many of you who have found yourself with less because of the nature of your job that requires in-person work. Okay, both situations are challenging in different ways. So while assessing your time makes the most sense when you're in the middle of your normal workload, you also may find it helpful if you're suddenly finding yourself with a lot more work too. On the flip side, if your job has changed so much in the last few weeks that you really don't have all that much work, time to assess and track, you also may find it helpful to reflect on the questions anyway, as if you were in your normal workload. So to do this, check your work time for a week and consider uh, some basic questions like, what are you spending time on that really aligns to the purpose and goals you've identified? What are you spending time on that's less meaningfully contributing to that purpose compared to the work that is? What's your team spending time on? Are you spending time on things that are urgent, but not really important to your broader goals and purpose? So your answers and observations will be key in deciding what you can spend more time on or less time on. 
So that's part of challenging the status quo. Next, tackling what isn't working and changing the status quo. Yes, it takes courage. As you assess how you spend your time, think about what you can change. Oftentimes people can default to doing things that go along with whatever the team or department departmental norms and culture says, but that can stifle innovation and improvements to the work. So have courage to advocate for new ideas that make sense and always you know, thinking about how to achieve better results. So think about what you and your team must do really well. Usually those are things that contribute to those results you've identified. And then think about what your team can do, you know, well enough or delegate. It's natural to want to do everything perfectly, but the truth is, the truth is there are likely very few things that need that top tier level of quality. So challenge your assumptions and check in with yourself about what those really important things are. So that's the key word here. What's really important. So a lot of what we recommend here will still apply even if you're just adjusting to, to working remotely, which I think a lot of us are. The change to alternative instruction and working from home setups happened abruptly, and that comes with many challenges for all of us in lots of different ways, like Brandon mentioned at the beginning of this webinar. But it also comes with an opportunity to really analyze what's most important. You may have more limited time and more demands on the time that you do have, so consider what you can change, what needs to be done well, and what you can say no to. After defining your purpose, setting challenging goals, and making sure you're being intentional about innovating and challenging old processes and ideas, you'll be ready to finally orient yourself to results. So what this means is setting high standards for the really critical things your team works on and fostering and communicating urgency around priorities. And you can see that on the slides in front of you, on the slide in front of you. So setting high standards is really about understanding and communicating a clear sense of what success looks like. On your action sheet, you'll find three questions that you can use to consider when setting high standards. So first, what are the specific outcomes for the high priority work? Second, how do you expect your employees' contributions to impact those results? And third, what are goals you can set for your employees that get at those high impact results? A great way to communicate these standards is during team meetings or during those regular ongoing check-ins that you have with your employees. You, you may not be able to communicate face-to-face -face like you used to, but it's still critical that you do clearly communicate your expectations to your employees. If they know what success looks like, they'll be in a better place for tackling the work that's going to contribute to that high-priority, mission-critical results. So you can think about fostering a sense of urgency around priorities in a few different parts. First, it involves explaining the why. So why are the priorities so, so important? How will they have an impact? How do they contribute to the mission of the university? Second, you need to communicate the role your employees play in contributing to that impact. How does their work fit in? How can you make them feel like they're something, a part of something important? Finally, fostering urgency involves setting the tone around accountability and carrying on with that mission-critical work. So how will you push forward your important work in uncertain times? What happens if the work is done well? What happens if it isn't done well? So a powerful tool supervisors can use to motivate their employees is influence. You can use inspirational appeals and other influence skills to emphasize your team's importance in achieving results. In the context of your work today, whether you have a lot on your plate or your normal workload is disrupted, start by clarifying the most important things your team contributes to the university. What's important right now? What's important three months from now? What's important a year from now? And yes, 
you may need to revisit that as your the context of your work changes. However, right now, what's important to you now in three months in a year? Okay, great. So next we're going to talk about what you need to think about as you plan to achieve the results you've identified. So what do we mean when we talk about planning for results? Planning for results involves identifying all relevant steps, actions, and considerations needed in order to achieve meaningful, high-quality results. So after you've identified the mission-critical results that your team contributes to the university, you need to take these steps. First is to identify action steps, key stakeholders and resources necessary to achieve the results. And then second, establish realistic timelines. Third, challenge assumptions and plan contingencies. So we'll go through these steps one by one, but be sure to check out the quick guide to planning for results, which will go through these steps in more detail. So the first thing you're going to want to do is work backwards from the results and challenging goals you've set. This will give you a clear idea of the specific action steps that need to happen in order to achieve results. To do this, begin by first describing the major steps your team will need to take to achieve those results. So right now, you can take a second to pause and write one or two major steps your team needs to take to achieve results. Once you've described that, break it down further into another level of detail. And you can keep doing that until you have concrete, critical action steps. After you have the action steps, walk through the plan with the people who need to carry it out and ask them to identify any questions or concerns, whether they see any missing steps and whether any steps aren't clear enough. By giving them this role, you'll be able to tell whether or not the plan is detailed enough, and your employees will have a better understanding of what they need to execute. This is a good way to avoid some of the passive agreement that often comes with just presenting a plan and asking people to run with it. By empowering your employees to take part in the action step identification process, your plan will be in a better position to delegate and communicate. So though you may have too much or too little work right now, you may still find it useful to outline the action steps you need to take in order to achieve results. That way, if you have too much work, it will help you prioritize what's important. And if you have too little, you'll be well prepared to pick up where you left off when things go back to normal. As an example, say your team has the challenging goal of improving student learning outcomes in their academic department, which aligns with the purpose of contributing to the university's teaching and learning mission. You can take the challenging goal, improving student learning outcomes in the academic department, and break it into some concrete action steps. For example, action step one might be something like proactively support and train faculty in modes of alternative instructional design. So then take those action steps and try to break it down a bit more. So for example, uh, a piece of that might be assign instructional designers to meet with faculty bi-weekly to design their courses for alternative instruction. Another one might be have faculty record weekly updates to send to advisors to keep them in the loop on what their alternative instruction looks like. So you can take these action steps and review them with the key people who will be doing the work. In this case, that would be instructional designers, faculty, and academic advisors. With any work you supervise, there will be key stakeholders that you and your team must interact with for approval, input, or collaboration. It's important to have a firm grasp on who needs to be involved and to what capacity. So you can do this by asking yourself these five questions. So first, what leaders are championing your work? How much do they need to be involved or kept in the know? Second, who are your team members and what are their roles? Third, what other teams or departments might you need to work with? Fourth, who is likely to have a strong opinion about this project? 
Fifth, who could derail your efforts if they aren't involved? Your answers to these questions will help you plan for how and when to involve people in your project. As I mentioned earlier, influence is a powerful skill a supervisor can use to get results. After you've identified who your key stakeholders are, consider how to use influence to bring them on board. We have a quick guide to influencing, which is a great place to start in considering how you can work with key people in order to move the mission critical work forward. Finally, with the action steps you've identified, you need to give attention to what your team will need, like time, money, skill sets, in order to accomplish the steps. So consider what skills do my employees have, which skills are best suited to accomplishing which action steps, what tools do we need, how much time will each task take, and then of course, what budget considerations do I need to make? So next, you'll need to plan out how much it will take to achieve the results and establish a realistic timeline. So that's step two in planning for results. With the major tasks your team needs to accomplish and with the resources you have, how much time will it take to get to the result? It's often helpful to consider whether any aspect of the important work has a hard deadline. If it does, obviously you can work to fit the other action steps around that. So you can consider some other questions about the timing of the project. For example, what deliverables and milestones can I map to the action steps? What tasks are dependent on each other, which can be done in parallel? What's the slack or wiggle room? In other words, in other words, what's the difference between the latest and the earliest time that the task needs to be started to still meet the overall deadline of delivering results? When will the resources be available to support each task? And then when would these deliverables need to be completed in order to meet that deadline? So it's at a time like this, it's critical to think through these questions, but also, of course, be as flexible as you need to be around those. Easier said than done, I know. But going back to um, some things that Brandon talked about, the work circumstances are just very different right now. So it's critical to think through these questions and doing so will set you up for communicating your expectations to your employees when you delegate action steps to them. Always, of course, taking the current work environment into account. So speaking of delegation, we have another quick guide for you. The quick guide to delegating, which outlines the steps you'll need to follow in order to successfully delegate. So delegation, as you know, it's a core part of supervising the work of others. When done right, delegating builds capacity in your employees by improving their skills, their knowledge and abilities, and it also achieves the results for the mission critical work that you've identified. Delegating involves the steps that you see on the slide in front of you. So first, identifying the task or project that you're delegating. Two, identifying the team member who's suited for the task. Three, determining the timing of the task. Fourth, providing support and clear communication. And then of course, lastly, and don't forget to follow up to make sure the employee has what they need to get the work done. So the quick guide to delegating will provide you with direction in determining what to delegate and who to delegate it to. So third, and this will likely be very relevant for a lot of you right now, it's important to identify risks and plan contingencies. Once your plan is starting to take shape, consult with your colleagues, team members, and your managers about any blind spots. So encourage them to question any assumptions you may be making and try to identify what your key risks are and what you may be counting on that could change in the future. Don't spend your time trying to account for all possible risks. Instead, focus on the high impact, high probability risks. Thinking through these risks will set you up for planning contingencies. So for each high impact, high probability risk you identify, think through what you would do to either mitigate, avoid, or transfer were the risk to occur. 
So when determining high impact, high probability risks, some questions to consider are what if you don't have access to or lose the resources that you need? And I, unfortunately, I know this could be relevant to many of you who are removed from some of the resources that you're used to having. Second, what if a key stakeholder or decision maker changes their mind? What could you do to adapt? Next, what if you lose the support of someone important? How can you carry on the work and advocate for what you've identified as critical? And then of course, what if an employee misses a deadline for the work that you've delegated? So thinking through some of these likely risks will you allow their, will allow you to either mentally prepare or to adjust in the future and have a ready to go fleshed out plan, or at least the beginning of a plan should issues arise. So this is another area where we're all experiencing changes. As you identify risks, think about what they may be right now or in the longer term. Thinking about how things may change over time will again allow you to remain nimble in uncertain times. Finally, nice simple slide here, very important. Don't forget to communicate. As a supervisor, it's your job to clearly communicate your plan to your employees and to your key stakeholders. Make sure people understand what they've been assigned to work on. Make sure key stakeholders know their role in moving the work forward. Clear, specific communication will be critical in working towards those mission-critical results that are so valuable to the university. Great. So thank you for hanging in there so far. I hope a lot of this information has been useful and relevant and thought-provoking. We're going to move on to the final step of carrying on mission-critical work in difficult times, which is managing execution. So this is the application of your plan through conversations, feedback, coaching, accountability. This is how you achieve high-impact results that you've identified and planned for. So you can think of managing execution as having three main parts. First, it's important to monitor progress by establishing metrics or performance indicators. Second, it's important to establish accountability in order to motivate and engage your employees in that mission-critical work. Finally, following through with your plan and acting on the culture of accountability you've established is also very important. So let's talk through these steps. Establishing relevant metrics and performance indicators is necessary in order to track the progress of the work that you've delegated to your team. Doing this will let you know when you need to intervene, adjust, or hold people accountable. You can think of this as the foundation for managing execution. It will be up to you to determine what's relevant in tracking the progress of your team. Depending on the work, you may have quantitative metrics like deadlines or milestones, or possibly qualitative metrics like behavior change. Either way, you'll need to establish a specific outcome or behavior, and we call this a key accountability, and that will be what you monitor. As we said earlier, it's important to set expectations, communicate, and monitor the progress of the employees that you delegate to. Having a clear definition of the key accountability you're expecting of your employee will give them an understanding of what's expected of them. So take a moment to think of what specific outcomes or observable behaviors you can establish to monitor progress. So the next step in managing execution would be creating accountability. So accountability is an effective tool for making sure the mission critical work gets done. A strong culture of accountability lets you achieve mission critical results, engage and also motivate employees, and also importantly, address poor performance when it arises. We have a quick guide to accountability that details the specific steps you need to take in order to create accountability on your team. It also details the accountability ladder which describes a hierarchy of different consequences if someone does or doesn't achieve an outcome or observable behavior. Use this guide to, in order to foster a healthy culture of accountability on your team. Finally, 
accountability, and managing execution is ineffective if you don't follow through. If an employee does or doesn't meet the expectation you set for them, you decide what happens. If sufficient progress is or isn't made, it's time to assess the level of consequence, good or bad, that you're using to motivate your employees. So no matter what you decide, be clear that the change of consequence is based on a person's performance relative to the key accountability. This will help them connect their behavior and actions to the work that you're expecting of them. Okay, great. So we have just gone through a ton of content. And to be honest, it's all really important. And hopefully you heard something today that helps you um, kind of uh, focus and center and readjust to your current work circumstances. Um, Given where we know supervisors are right now, and like Brandon talked about at the beginning of this presentation, we know there's a million challenges that you're all facing. Um, So Brandon, I'm going to invite you again to weigh in here and to talk a little bit about what you see, what you've heard, or what, what you think about, um, what would, and what would you ask people to think about in the context of today in terms of how to deliver results? In other words, what are some really important things that people need to keep in mind? Yeah, so, you know, on the one hand, the fundamentals still apply. The things that we just talked about, um, the different skills and the approaches to, to, to getting results, those all still apply, but there are some things right now that are making that well, challenging, I think, for a lot of supervisors to figure out how to do it and how to, you know, really respond to, to the current situation. And so I would highlight a few things that are a little unique right now. Um, one is in normal times, you know, as a supervisor, there you kind of have these guardrails, right, around sort of you don't want to go too far to the left or too far to the right. And in the middle, you know, there's that's where you make your decisions and that's where you kind of know, okay, I, I can, you know, take these actions and, and, and be effective. Right now, those guardrails are, it's hard to know where they are. They're, they're wider for sure uh, in terms of, you know, some of the things that we need to do as supervisors to keep things moving and to take care of people. You know, these are things we've never really had to do before or certainly not in this way. And so um, that means more flexibility uh, in, in terms of how we manage and in terms of, um, you know, giving people um, more more flexibility, more options uh, for how they manage things than than maybe we ever have before. Um, there's also a lot more uncertainty right now, um, and so you know a lot of supervisors are wondering, you know, what what am I supposed to do? You know, is can I do this? Can I do that? I've got this this challenge I'm facing. I'm trying to get work done. I'm trying to take care of my team, and you know those guardrails aren't where they used to be. And I'm trying to kind of figure out what I am allowed to do or what I should do. And you know this is where it's really important to go back to what are your priorities. Uh, it can be really easy to fall into, and, and I fall into this myself at this point in time. It's like everything feels urgent. Everything feels like, okay, it needs to be solved right now. And that's a recipe for just stressing yourself out and burning yourself out. Um, and, and, and it's hard to avoid that. And some things really are urgent right now, but not everything typically. And a lot of times things feel more urgent than they are. So, you know, taking a breath, thinking about what are the priorities, what are the things that we really need to solve for right now, um, and, and focusing your energy on that and, and being okay not addressing things or having answers right now for things that aren't urgent. Um, and that can feel like you're not doing your job as a supervisor. Um, but, you know, give yourself a break. It's really important. Um, and, and, and not trying to meet everybody's needs and solve every problem and answer every question right now, just the important ones. Um, the other piece that, that we really, I think, are all struggling with a little bit is the timeframes. 
um, you know, with, with, with what's going on now, everybody is dealing with different situations and it changes day to day a lot of times. Um, you know, many people are, you know, feeling really productive and engaged and, and, and getting things done at work one day and then the next day feeling burnt out, feeling like, you know, they're not doing their job as a parent or, or whatever and, and struggling. And so really day to day, things are shifting and changing. So as a supervisor, it's going to be really hard for you to figure out, okay, for the next three weeks, you know, here's exactly how we're going to do things. Now you need to keep in mind your goals and priorities, right? That's what's, that's going to anchor all of this, but how you manage that, probably the timeframes are going to be a lot shorter. How do we get through today? What are some of the emergent or the urgent needs that we need to address to get, you know, everybody the support they need and, and focused on the work and, and, and getting things done over the next week, maybe, maybe two weeks, um, although for a lot of teams, two weeks is even uh, challenging right now. Um, and, and then, you know, other piece is really focusing on what's in your control versus mm -hmm. what's not in your control. Mm -hmm. And during times like this where things are stressful and sometimes kind of scary, it's easy. You know, our, our brains want to focus on the, what we can't control, right? And that's when things are un, out of your control and uncertain, that is the most stressful kind of thing to be thinking about. And so if you spend a lot of time ruminating on that, which is really hard right now to avoid, you're going to really stress yourself out because you're going to be worrying about things that you can't really do much about. So really trying to bring yourself back intentionally focusing on what's in your control. What are some of the things that you can do today that you can do in the next week to, to take care of your team, to move the work forward, to focus on those priorities is going to be really, really critical. Uh, and then the last piece is, is of course, communicating. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this can be exhausting. <laughs> Um, you know, for supervisors to, to be communicating all the time, but it really is critical. Um, and you can't communicate too much often, uh, you know, in, in this environment. So those are some of the things that are a little different than usual that I think a lot of supervisors are, are trying to figure out. Yeah, thank you. Those are, those seem like four really meaningful things that, that are worth, that are worth remembering. You know, you mentioned guardrails, you know, kind of remembering, you know, what are you supposed to be doing right now and kind of giving yourself a little bit of grace if those guardrails seem a little bit wider or narrower right now, because that's, that kind of comes with a context of change. The timeframes, yeah, I'm sure we're all, we're all dealing with that. You know, we, we want to be able to plan out and we're not able to, or, or things are going to change so much that we know we're just going to have to be so flexible with that. And that kind of gets into that idea of control that you mentioned too. You know, that idea that we just simply can't control the things that we, that we're used to be, being able to control and having to, having to kind of back, back down a little bit off of that and, and recognize those things that we can and can't. That seems like really good, a really good thing to remember at any time, but especially at a time like this. And then, yeah, of course, communication, you mentioned, thank you for mentioning communication. I mentioned that in the webinar earlier too. Super important, especially at a time like this. Yeah, and, and, and another thing that I think a lot of uh, supervisors uh, are, are, you know, trying to figure out is when you don't have answers, is that okay? Oh. And, and that's just, I think, a key message right now is it's okay if you don't have answers. Um, you don't, you, you shouldn't make them up, right, or, or guess at, at, you know, at, at everything, you know, take it, take it in stride. Um, and you know, this is where we all need to support each other, right? We, you know, supervisors have their own supervisors and, you know, other supervisors you're connected with. So, you know, you've got a lot of support. Um, and I know that that support, uh, varies, you know, unit to unit and team to team, but, 
Um, don't feel like you're in this alone and you need to just kind of be making a bunch of stuff up. It can feel really challenging when you, you feel all these questions coming at you and you need to make all these decisions. Um, but pace yourself. That's something I've learned. And I, and I think that that's something that uh, was really helpful at a time like this. Yeah, great. So thank you again for your input. I think that really helps frame up what we've been talking about today, you know, about managing priorities and trying to drive results. And sometimes it can seem like too much to bite off right now at a time like this. But what you've said helps us. It's a, it's a good reminder to us that there is a way it might feel a little bit different than it normally does, but there is still a way for us to drive those results and to keep, to kind of, to keep, to keep carrying on. So thank you so much for your input. We were going through this content rather quickly today. I realize um, to learn more, you'll want to explore the supervisory development website at supervising.umn.edu, where we have quick guides and other resources that you can download, download or view for your reference. You can come back to this page soon to find out more about our June webinar. Again, thank you so much for attending our webinar today and sharing your thoughts. We hope you find this information useful and relevant to your supervisory experience, and we look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Supervisory Development Course Podcast. Please explore resources mentioned in the podcast by going to supervising.umn.edu. The Supervisory Development Course Podcast is created by Leadership and Talent Development within the Office of Human Resources at the University of Minnesota. If you have questions regarding supervisory development, please email us at ltd at umn.edu.